Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the KTH 9:10 a.m. interview of the week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network in North Texas. Diane Xavier is running our board. My name is Dave Palmer, executive director here at the station, regular host of this program where we just bring you news and information, good things happening in North Texas in the Catholic world. And I'm always delighted when we get to speak to one of our priests, one of our religious. And uh, on the phone with me today is Father Jude. Siciliano, who serves as prior of St. Albert the Great Priory and Novitiate, uh, which is a formation community of Catholic priests and brothers of the Dominican province of St. Martin de Porres, uh, right across the street from us, well, pretty close to us here in Irving, where we have our studio. And uh, he is in his third his third three-year term as prior, and uh, we're just going to talk about the the priory and uh, what's going on over there, and especially how 2020 has uh, been for them. So, Father Jude, thanks for uh, being with us uh, on the program today. Well, it's, it's a delight to be with you again. Thank you so much, David. Yeah, you were ordained in 1969. You told me that. You've been a priest, uh, a Dominican priest, for 51 years, and you also yeah. told me that your particular charism of the order and yourself is uh, an itinerant preacher. What, what, what originally yeah. attracted you to the Dominicans back in the uh, 1960s? Uh, I was in, I was at the university in New York City and I was, at, I was attracted to the Dominicans because of the intellectual and teaching um, orientation of the order. So I was planning, here's, here's, where, here's where you know something's going to happen. <laughs> I was planning I was planning to be a, 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 asking to be a Dominican with a hope of teaching literature because I was a literature major at probably Providence College run by the Dominicans. So I was, that's why I began to apply for the order. But I thought I should look into some other orders, you know, for the sake of being fair. So I went to the Paulist Fathers in Manhattan, and they said the vocation of the Paulists is to preach to Main Street America. Mm-hmm. And I wanted nothing to do with preaching. <laughs> so I joined the Dominican order <laughs> to be a teacher. And I've been a preacher since my ordination in 1969. Did they not tell preacher. you what that P stood for at the end of OP? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, but then we just said, well, you can do anything if you're a preacher, so you can teach. Uh, if, if I, I just made so many wrong turns through high school and college, <laughs> and here I am. Yeah, I am. yeah. Well, I think it turned out pretty well. I'm sure your parents are very proud of you. Thank God. Uh, yeah, I've been blessed. It's really something. And so, tell us how have uh, you know? It's it's a funny story. You get into a preaching order, and you didn't want to be a preacher. Have you learned to, <laughs> to like it? Uh, have you done a lot of preaching over the last half a, a century since you've been ordained? No, it's been my ironically. Two ironies here. It's been my full-time ministry. And when I was sent to California with our seminarians, that's how they began to be trained, with the Dominicans in the Bay Area, I was invited to teach preaching at the Dominican school at the uh, Graduate Theological Union. So I wound up preaching and teaching preaching when I joined the order to be a teacher. So I had no idea, and it's been a blessing. (laughs) Yeah, God's full of surprises. 
So talk, talk about the Dominican order as a whole. We, we, we've already discussed that the, the OP, you know, stands for Order of Preachers. Uh, uh, some people may be aware that it was uh, founded by St. Dominic back in the, uh, I believe, 13th century. And some of the, there exactly. are some, some famous Dominicans, probably the, the most famous of which is uh, St. Thomas Aquinas, who I have a great devotion to. So uh, the order in mm-hmm. general, what, uh, what else can you tell us about it and through its history? Well, it, it, it was founded by Dominic to be a preaching order, and the first group he founded actually were nuns, contemplative community of women. And from that basis, he, they were to pray and support the preachers. So when he began to travel and draw preachers to himself, the nuns were the community he would return to and tell him about his preaching ventures on the road in Spain and France and Italy. So uh, we were an order of men and women, uh, contemplative nuns, preachers, and also with, from the very beginning with the lay membership, uh, as we call them now, the Dominican family members, the Dominican laity. So even the laity, uh, when I was growing up, they were called the third order, but they're members of the order as well. So it's an order of men and women. It's an order of brothers and priests sisters and nuns, nuns are the ones in the monasteries, and lay members. And the lay members also try to incorporate into their life what it means to be a preacher in the world. Uh, so from the 13th century, century, I mean, some of our most famous saints besides Thomas Aquinas, Catherine of Siena, yeah. Martin de Porres, uh, Rose of Lima, on and on. Uh, and, uh, it, it's just been the history of the order to be a, a preacher order because we were well-educated. Dominic wanted preachers to be well-educated. Because of that, we were drawn into teaching positions as well, University of Paris, Bologna, and in Madrid. So we became uh, teachers and professors because of our educational background. Yeah. Am I right that one of the main uh, intentions of Dominic was to fight against heretics uh, like the Albigensians. Yeah. Uh, d- does that, yeah. uh, you know, obviously heresy, you know, continues in every age. Does that continue to be one of the intentions is to fight against bad teaching uh, within the culture and the church? Well, the motto of the order two is, 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 you know, motto is truth. Uh, yeah. And the motto too is to give to others the fruits of our contemplation. So out of a life of study and prayer and community, we are called to preach the gospel of truth. And when we confront error, then to preach the truth. And that heresy of Albigensianism hasn't gone away. Uh, and there are other heresies as well. But, uh, you know, I, to preach out of the roots of the gospel and to, to ground the preaching and solid teaching uh, and theology is, uh, is what we do. Yes, um, my my guest is Father Jude Siciliano. He is the prior of St. Albert the Great Priory and Novitiate, uh, right there by the University of Dallas in Irving, just a stone's throw from where Mm -hmm. we're broadcasting here in Las Colinas. And Father, if you could give uh, folks uh, a picture of the priory and uh, the novitiate, uh, how many... Uh, uh, priests, how many information, uh, kind of the, 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 the day in the life of a, a priest there. I know you're very involved in University of Dallas. Many of your uh, priests are. Uh, what, 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 what's the, the goings-on over there? <laughs> well, it's a, a community of the Dominicans, and so it means uh, uh, we gather daily for prayer. 
and uh, we uh, pray together through the day and and, and study. And uh, we have uh, right now we have let's see we have eleven men in the house. Three of them are novices. This is their first year in the Dominican order. This is like well, it's like a basic training. They learn the customs and the um, guidelines of the Dominican order, the life of the Dominican. We have three of our friars that go over to the university, Father Thomas Moore and Father Joseph Paul, are full-time ministers. Father Don Dvorak was the full-time minister there, but now is part-time, so they they make the trip over the hill each day. Um, we have Father Bert Eben, who served 50 years in Africa and is with us now and can't get back to Africa. Father Brian Pierce is an itinerant preacher at Wood would have at this very time been down in South America giving retreats to people in, uh, and Dominicans in uh, Chile, but he's here and doing what we do. He's doing Zoom retreats, as I am right now as well. Um, so it's a daily life of community and prayer and, and ministry uh, based on the Word of God and trying to share the Word in different ways as as you can tell by the diversity of our ministry. Yes, certainly. We I, I hear a lot about the house of the, the Dominican house in Washington, D.C. I think it's quite large. How many is, is that comparable to what we have here in Irving? And how are the, 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 the I guess, the locations of formation? How many are there across the United States? Well, we have four provinces, regions in the country. Uh, one out of New York City, one in Chicago, one ours is in New Orleans, and one in Oakland, California. So in the four provinces, then each province is responsible for forming and training the future priests or brothers of the order. Washington, D.C. is, is the large house of for studies. Ours, on the contrary, is a house of novitiate. So they'll come here for a year, but then go up to St. Louis, uh, to study with the Dominicans of the Chicago province. We have a joint effort. So this house is uh, is smaller because of the entering numbers, and Washington has a big number, uh, probably because they have six or seven years of students there studying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you mentioned some of the limitations of travel with some of the priests. Uh, talk about oh uh, 2020, because I, I figure if you're an order of preachers and you're itinerant, 2020 is not a good year for itinerant, <laughs> itinerant preachers. How, how much has it impacted your personal oh. ministry and those oh. of your fellow priests? Can you hear the groans? Oh, my God. <laughs> yes. I, uh, I have a calendar that I fill like I'll buy in September or October for the next year. And as invitations to parishes and retreat houses come in, I write in uh, the, the dates. Uh, I give retreats in parishes with a Dominican sister, Sister Patricia. So I'll, we will write in the dates for the year. And then at the beginning of 2020, when March started, uh, I started to white out all those dates through the year. And since March, all the cancellations and yeah. having to stay in. So we, sister and I, have adapted what we do to Zoom re- parish retreats, which we're offering right now. But but it, it's severely limited us. Uh, it's severely limited our, our, it's our ministry. And uh, for three or four of us in the house, uh, we just can't do it anymore. Um, so um, trying to adapt to the situation. And, you know, it looks like it's going to go into at least several months into the new year. 
Yeah, yeah. So, and the Zoom ones just aren't the same. I mean, it's kind of what oh, you no. just have to do, but it, it's not, doesn't cut it, does it? Well, you know, you know, you don't get to see people after the service. We have retreat services in the morning and evenings. And, uh, you know, you're at all the masses on the weekend, and you begin to form some beginnings of friendships. And in some cases, friendships that have lasted. Yeah. Well, of course, you have to chat with people and meet with them privately if they want to talk about something. We can't do that. It's, it's just the Zoom. And, and, you know, the limitations of Zoom, it's not as spontaneous as you'd like it to be. Sometimes it stalls and there's a hesitation. Um, it's, it's, but it's, it's what we can do right now. So you do it. You're, if you're a preacher, you look for ways to preach, and that's what we have to do. Right. So I'm sure this has also impacted the bottom line from a financial standpoint. Every, <laughs> every, every, you know, every apostolate, every ministry has to be funded. So tell our listeners about that, and also perhaps somebody listening right now would like to support you. Uh, what, what are the needs, and uh, how can they help you? Oh, well, thank you so much. Well, because we're home, we're not getting the income we would have gotten. I mean, Zoom is giving us some income, but it's severely limited, the income of the house. So uh, things are very tight right now. And, you know, and so many people themselves can't give because of job losses or limitations. Um, it's a house of formation. I think if people were interested in fostering the vocations of future priests, a donation to this house would be gratefully received and appropriate. They can, people wanted to, they could go on the web and look up St. Albert the Great Priory. And of course, there's a tab on that webpage to donate. So they could donate. Um, but yes, I, we've been severely limited because of what's happened. Yeah. That and website, uh, and correct me if I'm wrong, it's opdallas.com, right? opdallas.com. Is that the right one? Yeah, or they could just go St. Albert the Great Priory. And I just did that myself. Yeah. And it shows on that. Yeah. Well, what is the the relationship? We mentioned University of Dallas, and the, of course, you're physically in the the diocese of Dallas. So, what's the relationship with uh, uh, your uh, priory and novitiate with the diocese and also the university? What formal relationship do y'all have? Uh, well, we're a ministry of the diocese, and our responsibility is to uh, provide ministry to the university faculty and students, and. That means, as in other commitments, for instance, in parishes, it means, you know, when someone leaves the ministry or moves on, we replace them. We have responsibility that that's our ministry, and we have a responsibility to continue that ministry and provide uh, well-trained uh, people. So um, we're in the diocese. The university is a, uh, a ministry of the diocese, and we staff the uh, the chaplaincy uh, and do formation and other the uh, things that the ministers of the diocese would do, train RCIA and um, train lectors and have confessions. You know, it's, it's like a parish ministry. Right. So our job ministry is to provide that service. And you... Uh, you it's mean- appropriate. I think it's one of the... I'm sorry. Oh. It is one of the ministries that the order has gotten into because of our training is university ministries. Uh, you know, so around the country, there are universities where Dominicans are the campus ministers. Tulane University, for example, in our province, in New Orleans, is staffed by our province. So yeah. we have to maintain and fulfill that ministry. You, you mentioned about the lay members uh, and some of the the better known uh, lay members of, of past, like Catherine of Siena. I, I know there, there there's there are lay members of the Dominicans here locally are. 
Is that still active? Are they still meeting? Are they able to get together? If somebody's listening right now and is interested in the, the lay charism of the Dominicans, are, is there anything that they can do these days? I'm sorry, I missed that. I, yeah, it's your uh, lay members of of the local Dominicans. Yes. Are there are there meetings going yes. on, or can people join, or what should they do if somebody's interested? Oh, thank you. Yes, uh, we have a we have a chapter of lay Dominicans here. Normally, and everything is be, is preceded by saying normally, we uh, we meet once a month with the lay chapter, and they follow a spirituality of the order. <clears throat> uh, focus on the word of God and community and study. And then, you know, their spirituality is to proclaim through their witness and their lives the word of God. So normally they would meet here once a month, but now we're meeting on Zoom on the second Saturday of every month. So um, uh, people can still join. Contact me here at the Priory. I can forward information to them through our chapter. But um, we have a chapter here of the Dominican laity. Yeah, great. And well, you know, they really are full time. They really are full members of the order. It's not like they're second or third class members. Right. So they really are full members of the order. It's unique. I remember years ago, and by the way, I'm, I'm speaking, uh, just have a few minutes remaining in the interview. Father Jude Ciciliano sure. is the prior of the uh, St. Albert the Great uh, Priory in Novitiate. Uh, and I you know when I was listing off those famous uh, Dominicans, St. Albert certainly <laughs> would uh, qualify as well, <laughs> seeing yeah. that he was the teacher of, of Aquinas, right? I think that counts for something. Exactly. Uh, and I remember back in the day of Father uh, Edward Robinson, uh, may God rest That's his right. soul, he was, a, he was a dear friend of mine, and I used to sometimes go over to the Priory and, uh, and, uh, and participate in Mass on the weekends. Uh, if people would like to visit, if people would like to maybe get a tour, go to Mass, participate in Mass on Sundays, uh, tell us about that. Is that open to the public right now? No, it's not, unfortunately. And it's because we have such a small chapel, yeah. we really couldn't do social distancing. Um, and we have some fragile members because we're senior members in the house as well. So, uh, People could go to the university for Mass, and we yeah. have Dominicans there. And someday this will open up, and I'd be happy to show people around. Um, it would be a great moment when we can do that again. Yeah, that's for sure. And uh, Father Jude, uh, we're out of time, but I just wanted to give you an opportunity oh. to say anything else that maybe we haven't touched on that our listeners should know about. Uh, you know how they, you know, we already mentioned how they can support you. I mentioned opdallas.com, and you mentioned another website. You can mention that one again, or anything else that our listeners should know before we wrap things up. Well, no, uh, the other web page is St. Albert the Great Priory. Um, you know we. we even though we're confined in a way, we, every day we pray for, for benefactors in our community prayers and masses. We pray for the needs of the church locally and internationally. Uh, it, 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 it is part of our uh, our ministry and part of our life to be uh, to, to pray for the world, you know, and to pray for the needs of the church. And, and people will sometimes call us and tell us a special needs or. We'll get letters and emails, and we pray for people like that. So even though we're physically confined, the prayers go out of the house regularly. Yeah. Well, thank thank you for that, and I know everybody really appreciates that. Uh, Father Jude, thanks for your your time, and uh, I ask everybody to please uh, pray for the Dominicans, pray especially during this year when things are uh, tough for everybody, and certainly including the uh, St. Albert the Great Priory in Novitiate. And also, if you feel so inclined, visit one of those websites, uh, opdallas.com or uh, St. Albert the Great 
Um, uh, I always get this. St. Albert the Great Priory.com. Is that the other one? That's the one, yeah. Okay, St. Albert the Great. I think I'm going to go with opdallas.com. It's, it's simpler for my little, <laughs> my, my little brain to figure out. <laughs> uh, uh, Father, thanks. Uh, great talking to you. And I hope uh, and pray that things open up very soon so you guys can get back on the road and do what God, you know, you were ordained to do is get out there and be preachers. So uh, thanks, thanks so much All for right. spending some time with us today. Oh, thank you so much for the light. God yeah. bless you. Yeah, thank you, Father. And thanks, Bye. Diane Xavier, for running the board. And thanks, everybody, for listening. If you have any ideas for future interviews, you can contact me directly via email, Palmer at grnonline.com. Have a great rest of your weekend. How would you like to attend a Baroque Christmas concert in the midst of Christmastide? The Orchestra of New Spain will perform its annual Christmas concert at St. Philip the Apostle Parish in Dallas on Saturday, January 5th at 6.30 p.m. and at St. Cecilia Catholic Church in Dallas on Saturday, January 10th at 6 p.m. This unique Christmas program incorporates the Orchestra of New Spain's vast research into the undiscovered music of Spain and the New World. For more information, visit orchestraofnewspain.org. Your Odyssey begins at the University of Dallas, the premier Catholic liberal arts university in Texas. With campuses in Irving and Italy, UD's rigorous core curriculum sets it apart. An education rooted in the great works of Catholic and Western tradition. An education that ennobles and enables students in their pursuit of wisdom, truth, and virtue. Undergraduate, graduate, and certificate programs available. Start your college odyssey at the University of Dallas today. Go to udallas.edu to learn more. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to this edition of the KTH 9:10 a.m. Interview of the Week here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. I'm Dave Palmer, host of this program, and with me, I believe, doing her first uh, full-time production of this show is Cecil Anderson, because as of last Friday, she became our full-time North Texas assistant. I think that's her title, so we expect an even better uh, job from Cecil this time. So if it seems like it's a little bit better than past interviews of the week, that's because Cecil now is full time. So she's much more serious about it. Uh, I have a delightful guest to introduce you to this hour and, uh, really, uh, a lady that I've gotten to know the last uh, 10 or 15 minutes really came in and made a big impression on this office. Just the way she's, the way she carries herself and dresses and, uh, kind of, kind of larger than life personality. <laughs> Her name is Roxana Young. And uh, she and her husband uh, worship at Holy Redeemer Parish in the city of Alito, Texas. And she also has been the director of Flourishing Tree of Life uh, Family Pregnancy Resource Center in Alito for several years now. And she's here to talk about it and uh, let you know how perhaps you could uh, be assisted by Flourishing Tree of Life, or maybe you want to assist them and help them in a number of ways as well. So, Roxana, good to see you. Thanks for coming in. Well, <clears throat> thank you, Dave, for inviting me. This is an honor and a privilege. Now, I don't think radio does you justice because you come in, you gotta, you gotta describe, you come in, you've got a, basically a bright red, uh, looks like kind of a cowgirl outfit. You had a hat. You've got this really interesting necklace around with like dozens of saints medals. And so, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself. You're a very interesting person. Well, uh, <laughs> <laughs> see, now, a, now you're going to get all shy on me on the I mean, radio. Come it's on. It's true. I'm totally shy. Yeah, you can't get shy. You're not a shy person. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I enjoy my saints, so I created yeah. this from reading their books. So this okay. is something I enjoy. Uh, my favorite color is red, so I thought, well, I've, I'm going to bring a splash of red. 
And, I think you brought uh, more than a splash. <laughs> yeah. <you're, laughs> so who are some of the saints on your necklace? Uh, well, I've got Padre Pio. I've got uh, St. Teresa the Little Flower. I've got uh, Mother Teresa. I've got uh, just several several beautiful saints. Mm, wow. Yeah. I bet people ask you about that because you, you can't help but notice it and it's a good way to evangelize, right? That's true. That's true. They okay. Do. Okay. Yeah. And... Uh, your background, you told me a little bit as I was giving you a tour, um, you haven't been doing this kind of work your whole life. Uh, what, what, what's your background, professionally uh, and personally? Well, um, when I, uh, with Holy Redeemer for seven years, I was the Respect for Life coordinator. Okay. So I've always been involved in that. My husband is uh, retired military, so we traveled. Uh, two of my children were born in Germany. Mm. So while I was there, I was actually helping uh, drug and alcohol counseling. And then before that, I was a probation officer. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow, interesting uh, career. Yes. What is it, before we get into Flourishing Tree of Life, And because I'm guessing that 99% of the people listening right now are not familiar with it because it's in Alito. I know it's small and it's relatively new. Uh, but what, what, why is this issue of life so important to you? What, what drives you to, you know, dedicate your life and your, now your profession to the sanctity of life? I absolutely love babies. And I remember when I was young, my father is a retired doctor, MD, and, uh, my mother was having her, uh, fifth child and there were complications. So I remember my father, uh, taking me t- to the chapel at the hospital and say, we need to pray. And at that moment, I thought, you know what? Uh, life is important and babies, I could lose my brother and my mother at mm. that time. And I would help him, uh, during high school, I would help him at his medical clinic. And I remember at one point there was an abortionist that, li- that worked out, not where he was, but fairly close. And this is Corpus Christi where it was rather rare. Mm-hmm. And then I thought, wow wow, this is very interesting. And I began, I think that's when I started praying for the babies. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the battle continues to rage so many decades after Roe v. Wade. It seems like it's becoming more of a battle in our country, in our world, uh, as uh, the, the years go by. So let's talk about Flourishing Tree of Life. When you first emailed me, I was like, I have never heard of this. And I've been doing this for so many years. So I'm very curious. The The website, flourishingtree.org, when was it founded? For what purpose? Uh, what was the original inspiration? Tell, tell us a little bit more about the background. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Flourishing Tree of Life was actually founded by Glenda Garrison in 2016. And uh, she has since retired. And then I started as a board member that year. And then I became the executive director in 2017. Uh, We're a 501c3 nonprofit family pregnancy resource center. And the name Flourishing Tree of Life evolved during one of our board meetings. So it came from Jeremiah 17, 7, 8. Blessed is the man who trusts in the Lord, whose hope is the Lord. He is like a tree planted beside the waters that stretches out its roots to the stream. Mm. It fears not the heat when it comes, it, its leaves stay green. 
In the year of drought, it shows no distress, but still bears fruit. Mm, wow, that's uh, powerful. Because almost all the, the women that you deal with are in some state of distress. Exactly. And I know it's a really challenging situation to be in. So as I look at your website, flourishingtree.org, and everything, every, all services are free, right? Correct. And there's just so much, you know, adoption referrals, uh, earn while you learn program, abortion recovery, free license counseling services. I mean, ultra, ultrasounds, pregnancy testing. You guys do a lot. Well, <clears throat> the ultrasound was donated to us and it was a 13 year old ultrasound. So we're not old, but when we received it, it, it lasted just uh, less than a year. So as a matter of fact, right now, the Knights at Columbus are assisting us in purchasing a new ultrasound. So we're excited because we do have a OBGYN, we have a sonographer, and we've got nurses that are ready, you know, to work with that ultrasound. But because of the future, we don't know what's going to happen. So you want to have everything in place, mm-hmm. uh, you know. Yeah, um, it, it, it's, I think of Alito as being a small town. I don't know how big is the staff, how many, because you have a, a professional counselor on staff. And um, I, I just look at all these services and I'm thinking, boy, how can you provide all this for free? So go ahead, tell me about okay. that. Well, uh, everybody's volunteering. We've yeah. got volunteers. I mean, when we started, it's it's pretty much a volunteer. Um, and we do it out of love because we love this, uh, what we're doing. Um, so we do have a lot of people that are volunteering and you can make, because of COVID, they can make phone calls so they can talk to a nutritionist and it's all free. And these are volunteer people that want to help. So mm-hmm. it's, it's worked out well for us. Yeah. So as far as staff, there's really just myself and a, my assistant. And that's it. The mm-hmm. rest are volunteers. Yeah. You, when I was giving you a tour, you told a story about the time when you got your first client and it was like a big deal. And then you said it has now grown to a lot, like 90 a month, I think you said. Uh, tell us about the growth and what kind, uh, you know, of volume, I guess, for lack of a better word. How many people are you servicing right now? Well, uh, yes, we started, you know, we had one client and we were so excited because we saw the growth with her. And um, then because of COVID, we've had to change uh, how we approach and how we uh, try to contact our, our, our clients. Uh, they're very big into social media. That's, a, that's what we've learned. So with social media, we're contacting our clients mm-hmm. and they're coming to us. So within one month, we had, like, for example, the month of April, we had over 90 clients. But the interesting thing is we're not open every day. So yeah. in the month of April, we're only, we were only open 14 days. Oh, wow. And within the 14 days, every day is only four hours that we see a client. Mm-hmm. So that amount of time to see over 90 is amazing. Yeah. And so take me through the process. A woman, let's just say in the area of Alito, uh, has an unexpected pregnancy. She panics. She typically will go online and put in want abortion. And does your ad pop up? And how is that paid for? Um, do you work with heroic media if you're familiar with them or how, how, how do you, how do you reach the women? Okay, um, <clears throat> because we don't have the ultrasound working right now, we're mm-hmm. waiting on that, but yeah. we do pregnancy tests, and everything we do have is free. So because of our location, they will drive by and they will see us, okay. and uh, they'll make a phone appointment because we're not 
there all the time. If you look at flourishingtree.org, it tells you when we're open, when we're closed. And on our website, it also has a 24-hour line where you can actually talk to someone. Mm-hmm. Um, but when they make an appointment, uh, I saw – a. Oh, she was probably, I think, 18 years old on Thursday, and she wanted to find out if she was pregnant. Uh, so they do a pregnancy test. And before they do that, I ask them, what is your opinion? Do you, what do you feel about being pregnant? Are you excited? And I've had several that say, well, my mother wants to, uh, take me to an abortion clinic and my friends have all had abortions and then I asked them what do you want to do and uh, some of them have said well I'm thinking about adoption mm-hmm. I'm like okay okay before we find before we do this pregnancy test I'm going to walk you around and show you what we have and what's available yeah. so I show them where we are what we have as far as to help them and this particular girl said I never knew places like you existed mm. And she said, I would like to volunteer after COVID. Oh, wow. And I want to share this information to all my friends. And then I said, well, did you, you know, how are you feeling about keeping your baby? And she was very positive, and uh, we found out she was not pregnant, but she's willing to help share this news to all her friends, which oh. is great. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. So most of the women, or perhaps women with a boyfriend or a husband or a mother, they come in typically abortion-minded, or that's, uh, I mean, they typically don't come in and say, I just want to share the great news of my pregnancy. I mean, they, they're, 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 they're questioning whether they want to keep the baby in most cases, right? We, ha- we have a variety of everything right now. I mean, we, we had a, a client that was in her 40s, and she said, you know what, I'm in my 40s. I don't think it's really safe to have a baby, and she was questioning that. And I said, you know what, let's have a seat and let's visit. I said, I had my last child when I was 40. Mm-hmm. And she's like, really? And I said, I love this child, you know, and I'm so excited that I have this had this baby. And uh, she also kept her child. Uh, so we have a variety of ages and a variety of of attitudes towards uh, having a baby or sh- maybe adoption. Mm-hmm. We've also had men that their wives during COVID left them mm. and they left them with five kids and they don't know what to do with these babies. So we're able to help them with diapers and formula and things like that. Yeah, very nice. You are listening to the interview of the week here on KTH 910 AM. Uh, my guest is Roxana Young, director of Flourishing Tree of Life. Their website is flourishingtree.org and they are located at 9900 East Bankhead in Alito, Texas, seven six. Zero zero eight, uh, and again the website flourishingtree.org. You mentioned a couple of times about COVID and how that's impacted how uh, you run things, and so talk a little bit more about that. What is twenty? How did has twenty twenty been different than twenty nineteen? Well, uh, <clears throat> the volume has definitely increased, but because of COVID, we do have a drive through, so they can stay in the car. And they make a phone call and we find out what their specific material needs are. Mm-hmm. And then we bring them those goods, but we also ask them information and find out what else they need. Yeah. And some of them want counseling and we do have free counseling, which is 
great. Uh, so if they ask that or housing, we have a list of referrals where we can send them to different locations for that. So we find out what their needs are and then we schedule, um, we, we get their email because everything that we do is electronically. So we send them an earn while you learn program where they can do it at home and they can watch educational programs on parenting and things like that that are very informative and they get points so they can come back and buy their diapers. They can buy the things that they need. So it's not, um, we're not freely giving them after that. And they go to church, they get points. If they do a Bible study, they get points. So it's a point system after that initial visit. All right. And you had mentioned to me that you have people contacting you or coming by from really not only all parts of the Metroplex, even Sometimes, in some cases, out of state, people are contacted you. Well, what is uh, what is it unique about your place that's drawing people from outside Alito? I think the key is how you connect with the clients, uh, and I think social media is the really biggest key mm-hmm. uh, because we do we have received phone calls from New York, from Houston, from Dallas, from San Antonio, from Florida. And I had mentioned missionaries working with Honduras, Ecuador, and Mexico. So the places that are out of our reach, we um, have different um, contact resources. If they just give me their zip code, I can find a facility uh, similar to ours that is in their location, mm-hmm. which is very, very helpful. Yeah. Uh, the people that come to us have come from Fort Worth. We've had some from... Denton, Dallas, Granbury, uh, Bedford, uh, Weatherford, uh, you know, Gainesville. So they've driven to us from those locations, yeah. knowing that there's other facilities out there, but they've decided to come to us. Yeah, very nice. You mentioned about your conversation with one particular woman and how you approached it. What, what do you tell or the counselors, the, the staff, the volunteers, what has been effective uh, because I'm, you know, you're in a very, very emotionally charged kind of moment and, and situation. What, what works? What, what, what have you found other than, of course, the Holy Spirit and the power of prayer? What, what, what helps to turn someone's opinion away you know, towards life? Um, <clears throat> I think number one is prayer and yeah. definitely the Holy Spirit. I love to go to mass every single day and I love adoration every single day. And I think that's very powerful. Um, with a client, they know when you're real, they know when you're fake and they know when you're telling the truth. Mm-hmm. So being honest and giving them the facts about what we have and how we can help them and how we can support them. A lot of yeah. these clients feel like they don't have anyone at all. They usually don't have a parent. They don't have family members to help them and they want to feel that love. So I think the big key key is L-O-V-E, you know, mm-hmm, yeah. connecting with them, letting them know that you're there and you're not going anywhere. We've had clients that have had babies with Down syndrome and they're very young and yeah. we're here and we've helped them till the baby's two years old. I mean, we've got diapers from preemie all the way to size seven and yeah. we want to be there to help them. Yeah, That's the key. You mentioned all the services are free and that's uh, got to be very expensive providing diapers and formula and, and counseling. So where does the money come from? How, how are you able to fund all this? Well, I think the Holy Spirit and our Lord provides that funding, you know. Yeah. I've got people that, uh, different churches that have brought things to us, diapers, and typically when we're at, we only have one more package of diapers, here comes a, a van with several diapers of that size that we, t- that we need. Mm-hmm. So, uh, it's a blessing. We do have people that have helped us. So, uh, the nights are amazing. Mom's groups are amazing. Um, and I try to, 
you know, visit with these different churches as well. Yeah. What, uh, what are your needs that, how can our listeners help you? Uh, probably a lot of them don't live in the Alito area, but maybe if they do, do you need volunteers? Do you need funds? Do you need, uh, I don't know, people to make phone calls or, or well, how can they help you? Because of COVID, a lot of people don't want to even come in. So we have ideas of what they can do from their house. So they can do things from their house. So if they call us, first of all, go to the website, flourishingtree.org. All the information is there. Uh, they can call us and we can visit on the phone because everybody has different gifts and strengths. Mm-hmm. So somebody might be a great grant writer. I think that would be an amazing gift. Social media would be an amazing gift. Uh, if they're interested in, we've got signs that we're selling. If they want to take 10 of them to their church and see if they could sell those signs for us. So, you know, calling us and, you know, letting me know what their gifts are and how they want to help uh, pray. Uh, they can financially assist us. Even a dollar a day would work. Uh, but anything like that. All right. Very good. Is there anything else that you'd like to tell our listeners? I got a couple of little questions to ask you here at the end that I actually, the, the Bishop of Dallas was here last week doing an interview and I asked him this at the end. I said there were a couple of tough questions that I asked this time of the year. Okay. I'm going to put you on the spot. So anything else about Flourishing Tree that uh, <laughs> that I haven't asked you that you'd like our listeners to know, or have I covered it all? I think you did a great job, Dave. All right. But I'm going to so, say a prayer before you ask these questions. Yeah, I know. They're, they're tough. They're tough. These, these are, Cecil knows where I'm going with this, okay? Uh, because we're in the month of December, okay? So uh, what's your favorite Christmas song? Oh, my gosh. That is a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm sorry. You know, uh, yeah, that's why people never come back for second interviews. I know. I, I, know. I, I, I was thinking I, I want to come back, but now I'm like, I, I don't had, know. Do you got a favorite uh, Christmas song? You know, they're all my favorite Christmas songs. Oh, you I can't, can't have them think. all. You can't yes. pick them all. You know what? Just like the saints. Just narrow I it love, down to one. I love all my saints, and I'm not going to pick one. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. So are you going to pick a favorite Christmas movie? Uh, I like It's a Wonderful Life. That's okay. a good one. Well, that That's seems to be everybody's favorite. There that you was, go. That was the Bishop of Dallas's favorite, too. Oh, no. Okay, and since, you, <laughs> since you'll pick, you're picking all the Christmas songs, can we just say It's a Holy Night? Can we I just, love it. I let's love just it. Let's just I'll, insert that one in there. Is that I'll okay? I'll take it. I'll take it. All right, because that should be everybody's favorite Christmas song. Okay, and I was good. No, I'm kidding. That that was that was actually the Bishop of Dallas's favorite as well. So it's we unanimous. We have a lot in common yeah. then. All right, Roxana, thanks so much. Uh, you definitely infused a lot of life and verve and vigor and excitement into this office from the moment you walked in. You're a very engaging woman. So uh, thank you for coming in. It was really nice to meet you. Thank and you, Dave, for having me. I appreciate this. And uh, pray for Flourishing Tree. Yeah, certainly. And visit the website, flourishingtree.org. And perhaps you want to volunteer, make some of those phone calls. You can donate. I'm sure they would love to take your your financial gifts as well. But uh, most importantly, keep them in prayer. So thanks, Roxanna. Great to meet you. Thank you very much. Thanks also to Cecil Anderson for running the board and also for you listening. Uh, hope you have a very happy Advent and Christmas and New Year's and Epiphany. And what else have I got? Uh, 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 Valentine's Day. Should I throw that one in as well? <laughs> Just cover the next few months. All right. Thanks, everybody. And don't forget, uh, be like Roxanna. And if you have a, a ministry, an apostolate, something that is Catholic and local, I'd love to hear about it. And you can be sitting right where Roxanna is. And I'd like to interview you about uh, what's important to you. Just email me, Dave Palmer at grnonline.com. Thanks again, Roxanna. And uh, God bless everybody. Have a great rest of your weekend. 
Thanks for joining us for this week's KATH 910 AM Interview of the Week. We hope you've enjoyed this presentation of Catholic news and information pertinent to North Texas Catholics. Please join us again next week at this same time for another KATH 910 AM Interview of the Week. This is Kevin O'Brien of EWTN's Theater of the Word. I'm excited also to teach middle school and high school literature, speech, and drama with homeschoolconnections.com, an online Catholic curriculum provider and a sponsor of this station. Your student can meet with me online for a live, interactive class. Whether you take apologetics with John Martinoni or grade school with Jackie De La Viaga or any of the other 400-plus courses with homeschoolconnections.com, online Catholic learning for your homeschooling family is available for you. Don't give each other things this Christmas. Give each other the gift of great communication, a deep love, and a marriage filled with God by participating in a worldwide marriage encounter weekend. In response to the COVID-19 pandemic, the ministry is offering virtual experiences so couples can benefit from a worldwide marriage encounter weekend rather than in person as usual. For dates for virtual worldwide marriage encounter weekends, visit dfwme.org. Little Angels Catholic Store in Capel offers a range of religious books, gifts, icons, and accessories for the Advent and Christmas seasons and is a proud sponsor of KATH 910 AM. They're located at 600 East Sandy Lake Road in Capel, right down the street from St. Anne Parish. They are open Monday through Friday from 9 AM to 7 PM and on Saturday from 9 AM to 5 PM. For more information, you can reach them by calling 972-304-5200 or visit them online at littleangelscatholicstore.com. Our Lady of Lebanon Maronite Catholic Church in Louisville invites all KATH 910 AM listeners to celebrate Christmas with them and Father Mitch Pacwa, EWTN radio host and senior fellow of the St. Paul Center for Biblical Theology. Father Pacwa will celebrate the Christmas Eve Mass at the parish on Thursday, December 24th at 6 p.m. and the Christmas Day Mass on Friday, December 25th at 11 a.m. For more information, visit OurLadyLebanon.com. I deserve 
Thanks for listening to KATH 910 AM, Frisco, Dallas, Fort Worth, and North Texas. Catholic Radio for your soul on the Guadalupe Radio Network. Heard also at grnonline.com and on your smartphone. 